0: Welcome, everyone, to Watch Your Story. I'm your host, Emmanuel Mutui, and today I have a, I have a good show ahead of you. I'm going to call this episode The Motherland Connection <laughs> <laughs> because this is the first time in the history of Watch Your Story I have another African uh, as a guest. So it's going to be a fun, fun, <laughs> fun interview. And I want to say thanks to Patrick Maguire for setting this up, and I'm hopefully going to watch this so you can see me thanking you. But <laughs> without further ado, Tammy Divine.
1: Nice to meet you, Amanda. Nice to meet you, too. Thanks for inviting me onto the show. Oh, thank you for coming. <laughs> She's, so,
0: let's just get to a source, then you'll understand why I'm a little <laughs> bit excited. She's done a lot in the production world, in the network, networking world. So it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Anyway, so we're going to start like we always do from the beginning. Where are you from?
1: All right, well, <laughs> we'll go back to the way, way Way, way, beginning. way beginning. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was born in a mud hut in okay. Sierra Leone, West Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why some other land connection here. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, but I'm West Africa, so uh, you know. East. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry you were on the east side, that's all right. The cool side? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the Atlantic's pretty nice. Touche, <laughs> touche. <touché. Yeah. laughs> Um, So, it was just my mother and I. We were pretty much abandoned by our family because um, most of them thought we were cursed. So, she had elephantiasis in her foot. Mm -hmm. She had four other children besides me, and they all died. I was her only surviving child, and her husband abandoned her. So, everyone was like, "Mm, (laughs) stay away from them. So, it was just her and me, and um, she was amazing, and we had... Mm -hmm. Mm. I just I remember her very vividly. I remember her very well. And um, even with elephantiasis in her mm-hmm. foot, it was like swollen like beyond recognition. Her toes were like big chunks like this. I remember them. But even with elephantiasis in her foot, um, she would just walk with me everywhere. She did. She was probably one of the hardest working people I've ever met in my life. And um, um, she would take me to where she would plant ground, ground nuts. Uh, we call them peanuts. <laughs> and um, she would harvest them, um, and, um, you know, she would take me to the neighboring villages and things like that. Um, she would walk with me every Sunday to the, to the neighboring village, to one of the neighboring villages um, called Tambiyama. So my village was called Maime. Uh, the neighboring village that she would walk with me every Sunday was called Tambiyama. And, um, <clears throat> white American missionaries went to church there in Tambiama, and um, they said that I was the only African child that would run toward the white missionaries to talk to them, while all the other African children were scared to death of them, would run away from them. (laughs) But not me, I would run towards them. Bold. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) You know, I always I think God puts a fire in us. Mm-hmm. Um, he, puts, he, puts these, um, he puts this fire in us. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's the only way mm-hmm. I can really describe yeah. it. You know, it's like you're, you're a people person, yes. right? So mm-hmm. he, he made me a people person yes. and, so, and not a fearful person. You so know. you said like your
0: whole family abandoned you because they thought you were cursed. How did that impact you growing up?
1: Well, um, I really just have vivid memories of my mother. Like Mm -hmm. I don't have memories of really playing with any of the African children. Mm -hmm. I don't have any memories really of any of our relatives. Mm -hmm. Um, I have some bad memories of our relatives. Like our relatives treated us um, pretty badly. Um, I remember one woman. Um, we were sitting. It might have been my grandmother. I don't know. But we were sitting around a fire actually one night, and I remember this elderly woman asked me to do something, and I wouldn't do it. Um, and she got angry, and she took something out of the fire and held it up against my arm. And to this day, I have a deep scar on my arm there from where she burned me with you know with something from the fire. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that's a really bad memory I have yeah. of being in the village. And in, in our village monument was mm-hmm. was tiny. It was really yeah. small, mm-hmm. and so, um, wow. so yeah, so very bad memories yes. there with family, and mm-hmm. that's kind of how that played itself out, mm-hmm. but um when with the missionaries my mother would sort of um w- well we got to know the missionaries yeah. and they got to know us we fell in love with them I always say and they fell in love with us and um, um I would sit on their lap <laughs> like on the on the mom's lap yeah. in church and she would hold me and um their stories of me like um I guess I guess we needed money. <laughs> and so when the offering plate would come around, I'd take money out of there and run it over to where my mom was sitting on the other side and be like, hey, she like, no, put that back. <laughs> and so you're
0: resourceful.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. And so um she would help the, the Kimballs, that was their name, the missionaries, uh, a little bit with Bible translation. They had people that they hired to, to help them with that. And um, um, they would provide medication for us. I was really sick as a child, mm-hmm. so I had worms. <laughs> I remember mm. that very vividly. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was disgusting, <laughs> believe me. Uh-huh. And um, my eardrums had burst and my teeth were all rotted out. Um, and they would provide medication for me. Um, So they were always helping me, the Kimballs and and my mom, uh, Mm -hmm. which was wonderful. Mm -hmm. So when um, I was six years old, uh, I remember we took a trip to the neighboring, another village and on the way as we were walking, I remember she stepped in a hole that had water in it and then she started getting sick. And by the time we reached that village, she was so sick that the men of the village had to carry her back. And I remember running along, behind. Behind them as they were carrying her back to our village and then they put they did put her in the home of one of our relatives and I remember being in the room with her that uh, that night and I remember calling her and she wouldn't answer I remember kind of curling up next to her and the next morning they told me that she had died and so I was six years old I was in the room with her when my mother died and um, I remember feeling very alone when they told me she was dead um, that she wasn't coming back I remember the burial um, it was rainy it was muddy and wet um, and I remember feeling very alone very sad um, because my world had just kind of ended you know
0: your family already kind of excommunicated you guys yeah so now What happened next?
1: So I have very little memory of that time. Um, I do remember maybe going to a river with um, some other kids. Um, Just kind of not good memories though Mm -hmm. there. And that's about it. Um, The Kimballs were on furlough in the United States. Um, when my mother died, when they came back, they asked about us and found out that she had died and they asked my uncles to bring me to them. So my uncles um, uh, walked with me to that village where the Kimballs were. And um, that night, the Kimballs asked me if I would like to live with them. So this white American missionary family Mm -hmm. adopted this little Black orphan girl, African girl um, from a mud hut, and um, they had four children of their own. Wow. So, God is a replacing God, He's yeah. an awesome God, and I was able to grow up with siblings. So,
0: that must have definitely, even before I ask my next question, now you have a real, not a real family, now your family around you, because yes. before it was just you and your mom. Mm-hmm. How did that impact you today? Like having other people who love you, not just your mom?
1: Oh, you're going to get me crying up in here. <laughs> That's the goal. So... <laughs> oh, there will be tears. That's... I can feel them already. <laughs> I'm trying to keep them back. But, um, but that has profoundly impacted me, mm-hmm. profoundly changed my life. Even today, even today, this very day, um, I know that I have people who love me and, um, you know, Even as my own little family goes through all kinds of trials and tribulations, I know that I have the Kimball family. They're there for me no matter Mm -hmm. what. I can call up my mom and dad, um, and they have the best advice (laughs) you would ever need about anything. (laughs) They're the best. I know I'm biased, but really it's true. And um, I have four brothers and sisters that Mm -hmm. I could call any time about anything, mm-hmm. and I know that they would um, yeah. be there for me. Were you the youngest? Yes, I okay. was the baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm still the baby uh-huh. of the family. You're always um, a baby. <laughs> you know, they always mm-hmm. say the baby is spoiled, right? Yeah. Of, I was not spoiled, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun being the baby. Yeah. So <laughs> um, they took really great care of me. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: So you get adopted. Mm -hmm. And
1: did you stay in Sierra Leone or did you move? Good question. So um, they were translating the New Testament into my language, which is which is Laka. I'm from the Laka tribe Mm -hmm. and I actually have the tribal markings to prove it. I have markings here. It's hard to see because I wear makeup, (laughs) but I have tribal markings here and tribal markings here. Hmm. And um, that's just what they do with the babies. You know, they kind of cut them and uh, Mm -hmm. to show which tribe they come from. And so um, they were translating the New Testament into. To my language, and um, um, I, I really, I really want to tell a quick story about okay, that because <laughs> it's like stories within stories within it's your stories. Story, so. <laughs> He's like, just tell it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, um, so I always say that my life is a series of little miracles. Okay. And the reason I say that is because. Uh, just miracle upon miracle upon miracle and one of those miracles is that very translation into my language so um, I understand, as I understand it, as the story has been told to me, um, was that there was an elderly preacher who was in um, in the villages. You know, kind of he was he he was doing some work, I think, for some of the um, Bible translation groups or for one of the Bible translation groups, and. Um, uh, as he was going around seeing where the boundaries of each of the language groups were, he prayed. He prayed a prayer. And he prayed that the Bible would be brought to um, his language group, the Lakaw language group. And God answered his prayer immediately as soon as he prayed that prayer. And the reason we know that is that um, that was right when the Kimballs um, like woke up and realized that they were supposed to be missionaries, they were supposed to go to the mission field, but they wouldn't know that for a little while, but um, I guess they pieced it together and figured out that God had answered that man's prayer immediately. So they were in America, they were, um, oh gosh, I I can't remember where they were, middle America somewhere, (laughs) being being a pastor and pastor's wife with four little kids, and I woke up, realized they were supposed to do that. They got rid of all their possessions. They packed up their four little kids, and they uh, moved to um, I think it was Texas, where they did the linguistics training, kind of missionary training. Like how do you how do you translate um, the the word of God into a language that's not written, right? So you kind of have to figure out how to write this language. So they got training and all of that, and then um, they moved to Sierra Leone, West Africa, where they were a minority right and um, uh, they didn't know the languages they didn't know the culture they didn't know anything Mm -hmm. but God stirred in their heart for them to get up and go and share the gospel with this group of people and um, that's what they did and because of that little miracle in there my life was changed forever right this elderly man prays a prayer Mm -hmm. and my life has changed forever miracle upon miracle so I'm so grateful I'm so grateful so after um, um, so after they adopted me, it took three more years, and then uh, for them to finish their translation work, and then they um, brought me to the United States with mm-hmm. them. And there are so many stories <laughs> <Tell> <laughs> between me. then and yeah. then. <laughs> and um, wow! Yeah. So yeah. tell me,
0: because I we have, we have that similar experience coming to the U.S. How was your experience? At least at first. Said three months.
1: Yeah, so I was nine years old when okay. they brought me to the U.S., yeah. and that pace was dizzying <laughs> to yes. me. It was so different. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, they said that when, even when I would go to the airport in Sierra Leone, like just seeing all those planes and things, they could mm-hmm. see me just kind of mentally shutting down because <laughs> I couldn't comprehend, yeah. <laughs> you know, all the stuff going on around me. Mm-hmm. And so coming to the U.S., even at nine years old. Um it was just the pace was so fast, the cars, the highways. Mm-hmm. Um the the food was there, you know. Fast food. Um snow. We moved to the Chicago area Ooh. and
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And um I love that face. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, Chicago."
0: <laughs> I know. I am from
1: Cincinnati, so I know. Uh, so it was so cold. Mm-hmm. and um, But I was excited to see snow. I wanted to see snow. I had ice cream, and it was like, I called it hot because I didn't <laughs> have the word for cold. And I was like, oh. <laughs> And so uh, then they told me that snow was cold, right, oh. in the U.S., mm-hmm. and that I would experience that. And then okay. I experienced it, and it was very cold. Wow. <laughs> so it was,
0: it was culture shock. It was yes. really different. Big yeah. time. Mm-hmm. So, um you come to the U.S. when you're nine, you're yeah. experiencing this amazing, well, depending on how you look at it, culture shock. <laughs> what did you want to do with your life in this Oh, wow. <laughs> There's so much
1: there. Yeah. Well, um, so my dad had... Uh, went back to being a pastor. Okay. Um, in Chicago, I'm guessing? In the Chicago area, yeah. And he had been working for Lutheran Bible translators as a missionary, that fam- the, the Kimball family. And um, so he went back to being a pastor, but he was also part of the board of Lutheran Bible translators. And so we moved around um, um, actually quite a bit, not not because of the Lutheran Bible translators part, mm-hmm. but because of the pastor part okay. um, th- with the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And I, I call him kind of a church fixer. So whenever a church was kind of in trouble, they mm-hmm. would dispatch him to that church. And so we moved around quite a bit. And so we were in Chicago for about three years. And then we moved to Iowa, Mapleton, Iowa, for three years. <laughs> you got to be careful with those faces. Yes, <laughs> Emmanuel, your <that>. Iowa <laughs> listeners are going <laughs> to be like, no, I'm kidding. no. <laughs> but um, so... Mapleton, Iowa, is about as small as it sounds, and I had to grow up pretty fast there. Yeah. I was, um, I think, 12 by that by that time, and so I was in junior high, seventh grade, wow. and it was tough racially because I was the only black person within like a 50 mile radius, and so mm-hmm. so I think Sioux City was the nearest. Wow. Uh, yeah, maybe there was somebody who was mixed in Battle Creek. I think <laughs> <laughs> that was a little closer, and so uh, one person. <laughs> yeah, me. the one person I met her at a tr- at Track uh, and field event. Wow! <laughs> and so I was like, oh, another black person. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but it was it was a little hard at first because you know I would hear the N word all mm-hmm. around me on the bus going to junior high, mm-hmm. and um, you know for them like they didn't really have interactions with, a lot with uh, black people, so I was kind of a novelty <laughs> for them, mm-hmm. and um, some people you know were nice and some people were not Mm -hmm. and um, so i had to kind of work through that being different and everything um and really in junior high those formative years right and you're like trying to figure out your identity and all that because you're not
0: just a black american you're african straight from sierra leone so you're trying to learn the culture yeah
1: yeah Yeah. Wow. (laughs) So that was interesting. But um, so we moved around. um, So after about three years there, you know, while we were in Mapleton, Iowa, I just decided that... um, I was just gonna become the best at everything. So the people who were being mean to me would just have to shut up (laughs) and leave me alone. (laughs) And so so I worked really hard on my grades and Mm -hmm. I tried to join different groups. I joined the swing choir and all that. And I became the first freshman to ever be put on the varsity volleyball teams. That's my claim to fame in uh, in Mapleton, Iowa. So that was really cool, that was fun. (laughs) But after three years, my parents were like, this isn't really good for her. So Mm -hmm. they um, put in their names to be called to somewhere else. so they, uh so we moved back to the Chicago area. Okay. And um, I was able to go back to the school that I was at at first mm-hmm. and graduated high school from there. And then I went to college. And going to college, I went to Concordia University River Forest. Okay. Now going to college there, um, <clears throat> Um, was very interesting. I thought I was going to be a secondary uh, ed music teacher <laughs> okay. because I love to sing and I play the piano and all yeah. of that. But God had other plans for me, yes. and um, <laughs> um, I ended up watching the news one night and realizing that that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to go into news. Hmm. So um, Before so- you go there, uh-huh. you said
0: you played keys and you sang. What started that passion for music?
1: Were you... Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> so while we were in Africa, okay. um, another missionary came to our village, Tambiyama, and um, sh- her name was Susan Goddess. And she became my godmother, oh. and um, she played um, all kinds of musical instruments. She played the piano and gave me piano lessons. Mm. So um, since eight years old, basically, I was playing the piano right. and um, loved to sing. My parents gave me um, singing lessons and all of that um, stateside. And so I thought I would go into music. I thought I would teach music, you know. Um, but that wasn't going to happen yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> it's funny how they do it at Concordia is I think that even that first year, your freshman year, you're given, like, field experience. And so I went out uh, with with my group to, to the school and was in a classroom, and I was just, like, having nightmares of... Being like trapped in a classroom with 40 kids I couldn't control, and I was like, I do not have this gift. (laughs) This is not my gift. (laughs) And so, yeah. And I think it's good good for you to know that. (laughs) Yes, very self-aware. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, so what am I gonna do? And just started talking with different people about it, Um, and um, went. When I was watching the news that one night, I was like, I want to do that. But the problem was they didn't have a broadcast journalism program at the school. So I'm like, hmm, do I transfer? I don't really want to transfer. I like it here, you know. And so a couple of professors had connections to TV stations in downtown Chicago, to the CBS and the Fox um, affiliates there. And so... I was able to get internships wow. there through those professors. So did you change so, your major or did you? Um, I changed, yes, I changed my major to communications. Okay. Yeah. And, and just mm-hmm. did broadcasting. Yeah. And just decided to get the, the wow. experience, you know? Yeah. yeah. So you
0: finished college with a mm-hmm. communications degree and yeah. interning yes, at this a, different station. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that was
1: huge for your experience. It was here. huge. It was In amazing. That. Talk about the pace. Wow. That yes. those news, news world. Rooms, yeah. What that was this? the number third largest market, television news market in the wow. world, I guess. so yeah. That's huge. Yeah, it's huge. Because News Now at
0: that point was 24 hours, so you have to be on the...
1: Well, the news, I don't... I, th- I think...
0: Wasn't I it think ideas? it was just
1: starting okay. to cable TV news to okay. be 24 hours. So, but the pace is still really fast. They so have a yes. ton of shows, mm-hmm. you know. Regardless, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I'm sitting there at the assignment desk like freaking out, like, oh, don't <laughs> let me make a mistake, you know. <laughs> right. so I'm picking up the phone, taking news tips and things like that. But after a while, you get used to it, and they, and they um, were really nice to me. And I would get to go and uh, do uh, mm-hmm. interviews sometimes yeah. uh, with people, so that was fun. Um, so after graduating with yeah. this communications degree. Um, I'm like Lord I need a job <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Send them> <laughs> yeah so series of little miracles um, um, God ended up giving me a roommate who whose brother um, worked for the ABC station, and she introduced me to her brother, John Garcia, and um, man, and I'm so grateful to Gail. <laughs> wow. She she helped change my life, and I have no doubt that God um, used her to do that. I was terrible to her, and if she ever sees this, I just wanna apologize to you, Gail. Please forgive me for the stupid things I said to you uh, <laughs> back in those days. <laughs> but... You are young. <laughs> Yes, young and dumb, and um, but um, I was able to get connected there and get my first TV news job at the ABC Seven in Chicago. So So walk me through (laughs) that experience. Yeah, yeah, that was that was huge. Um, It was a total god thing, and um, because
0: I you you're an anchor.
1: Uh, no, okay. not then, no, not then. No, <laughs> yeah, you never start out that way. Okay, okay. I wished. <laughs> I would have had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> but I was a desk production assistant, okay, and so it's like the AML? lowest on um, the low uh, uh, totem pole. But I would um, get scripts for the anchors, okay. and I would, um, you know, answer phones at the assignment desk. Mm-hmm. Um, every now and then, they might let me write a script or take me, send me out into the field oh. to get an interview if a reporter couldn't get there in time or yeah. something. And so um, I got tons of great experience so i would make friends with the cameramen and with the editors um and they would help me do my little stand-ups like i'm here at the scene of the murder you know stuff like that and um um, so they were really great to help me get my reel together, my tape together, mm-hmm. so I could send that out because, um, I was just, I, I would always just tell everybody what I wanted to do, yeah. <laughs> you know? You Very, didn't hide it. Yeah. People person, always talking to people, you know, <laughs> telling them my dreams and mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess not much has changed. No. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. And, and so they um, they helped me put my tape together, send it out, um, mm-hmm. because I wanted to be an on-camera news reporter. Yeah. So there was one pivotal moment that I love to talk about here mm-hmm. um, uh, at WLS. And um, I made a mistake at WLS. And that mistake showed up a little bit on the air. So you have to give the right scripts to the right. Because uh, back then, they would print them on this big printer. um, And it was like multi-colored scripts, like seven different colors. And like the white color would go to the director. And the green color would go to the TD, I think. And the blue would go to one of the anchors who was reading. The pink would go to the anchor who was not reading. And I got the blue and the pink mixed up one And so one of those anchors got so angry with me because I gave her the wrong color script. So they're telling her, read, 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 but she has the wrong color script. And um, so for a second, um, she looked kind of confused on the air. She kind of was like, is it my turn to read? Right. And that, you know, you do not do that in the number third market. Okay. And so, um, so she, spent Stood up at her anchor desk um, during the commercial break, and she said, Tammy, if you don't know what you're doing, then you better ask somebody, and embarrassed me in front of the whole newsroom, the, yeah. the control room, everybody knew and saw that and um, I was mortified so I you know I'm like oh my gosh my job is over I went into the bathroom I'm like weeping Um, one of the executive producers saw me and she was so nice she was like don't worry about it we all make mistakes it's okay you're gonna be fine Um, but that pivotal moment um, helped me number one it lit my it lit my fire (laughs) you know it fueled my fire I should say um, to um, get into the news business. And I determined right then and there that when I got into the news business and if I ever got into a position like hers, like that showed me how I would treat people, (laughs) that that was how I was not going to behave. And I was always going to be kind to people and help them as much as I possibly could. And, um, uh, hopefully I think that's how that turned out. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, then I went to um, W-Y-M-T. We're your mountain television. That was my first reporting job (laughs) and I had to do everything. I had to drag the gear around uh, all by myself and go out and shoot and I would shoot my own stand-ups like (laughs) out in the field you know (laughs) and it was it was like really hard. I had to edit for myself. I had to shoot for myself. I had to write my own stories and then go live with it and um, it was so hard. How small is this? It was a small market. (laughs) It was in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains um, in eastern Kentucky. So (laughs) this was a Sister station to the CBS in Lexington, Kentucky, okay. and um, but you know, I, as I was be, as I would be like mumbling under my breath, like, "Oh, this is so hard. What am I doing here? God, mm-hmm. what am I?" Here? You know, <laughs> um, to this day, I would not change that experience for the mm-hmm. world because. Yeah. It taught me so much. Um, I had to do everything and that helped me become very well-rounded so that Mm -hmm. I know what I'm doing in the (laughs) television industry, right? This
0: is my story right here. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) and it's good. It's good to have Mm -hmm. to do everything. So from there, I went to WLX. Um, Lexington Kentucky um, the NBC affiliate there and um, I was supposed to be a one woman band at WLEX but that never happened (laughs) I ended up um, always having a a videographer so that was great and they gave me my own talk show and my claim to fame at WLEX (laughs) is that I took the talk show issues at large from no ratings into ratings so So that was exciting and um, and that was a lot of fun so I was there for about five and a half years Mm -hmm. so in Kentucky I was there about six and a half years and then i felt god calling me to southern california yeah. and i was like what southern california why am i what what is god is that yeah. you so before
0: we go to uh-huh. south, south cal uh-huh. when do you meet your husband uh-huh. is it
1: pre-south it, cal no it's post south okay so series of little miracles mm-hmm. god tells me to go to southern california i just don't believe it and my family's like that that's den of iniquity. Like, why are you wanting to go to Southern California, right? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, maybe I can be a light there, you know? <laughs> and so finally I realized it was God. Um a series of little miracles again. My um a friend of mine heard me sing and said, I want to be your manager. And I was like, oh, okay. So she got me some gigs singing um, around Lexington. And I also had like an acting gig I did on the side where I would um, kind of train people how to do acting. And um, uh, so she had a friend who was in Southern California. His name was Ronnie Phillips. Okay. He was a gangster rap producer. Okay. <laughs> and um, this, uh, he his, he was famous for um, getting the Bloods and the Crips together yeah. into the studio. And um, Uh, with an album called Bangin' on Wax. (laughs) And so um, Ronnie Phillips heard me sing and he flew out to Lexington um, uh, to, to hear me in person and to meet with me and that kind of thing. And with my manager Mm -hmm. and he was like, okay, you've got a soulful voice. I like it. I want you to, um, write a lot of songs and get ready to move to Southern California. Mm -hmm. And I was like confirmation. Like God wants me to go to Southern California. Mm -hmm. All right. I get it. God, I'm not going to Jonah it anymore. (laughs) I will go. (laughs) And so, um, so, um, I had flown to, um, SoCal and uh, did a demo of one of the songs with Ronnie okay. and came out really great and um, flew back and he was like keep writing so I wrote a bunch of songs and um, LEX I was my contract was almost done with LEX and they let me out of the contract and so. Um, I had planned uh, to pack up my bags and go, but before that, Ronnie called and was like, hey, Tammy, um, the Iraq war has just started, oh, the yeah. funding for the contract we're working on is gone, so don't come out here, and I was like, Ronnie, I know I'm supposed to be in Southern California. I'm gonna come out anyway. I won't bug you, I, you know, I know what you're telling me, um, but I know I'm supposed to be there. So I packed up my little car and I drove out to <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Southern drive. California, yeah, by myself, and um, stayed in the in kind of a road infested back house in Beverly Hills with a friend. And after a week there, I was like, God, I can't handle this anymore. (laughs) So so he helped me um, find a place um, with a lady named Bonnie and her dog Murphy. And I knew I was supposed to live with Bonnie, who was like 70 years old. I knew I was supposed to live with her um, because growing up, I had a dog named Mrs. Murphy. (laughs) And Bonnie's dog was named Murphy.
0: Confirmations.
1: (laughs) Confirmations. And so... (laughs) And so, um, so I stayed with Bonnie. God, God always provided. God always took care of me. Mm-hmm. And, um, I would do temp jobs, okay. um, because I needed to survive. Right. Yeah. And, um, uh, uh, but I still wanted to perform. And so I would yeah. join these plays mm-hmm. and, um, <laughs> um Uh, The plays were so much fun. They were they were just awesome. Yeah, and um, be like in little 99 seat theaters, (laughs) you know (laughs) real tiny, but it was just awesome Mm -hmm. Um, so um, We I reconnected with Ronnie and Ronnie was like hey guess what the funding is back and I want to work on your contract So let's get together. I'm like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm in a play. So Ronnie Why don't you come? um, to my play And then we'll have lunch, and then we'll talk contract. And um, he said, okay. Two days before that was supposed to happen, Ronnie died suddenly of a heart attack. And so I was sitting there at his funeral going, okay, God, I don't understand. I thought you wanted me to come here to get into music, and now my music connection is gone. What's happening, you know? Um, And um, it was because, you know, uh, well, I don't know why Ronnie died, but um, I know from there I um, ended up getting into television because one of my temp jobs took me to Pasadena, where um, <laughs> I was um, I was working as a temp at a homeless services agency. Mm-hmm. Um, I was only supposed to be there for a week, yeah. and I ended up there for two and a half years. And in less than two years there, um, they asked me to become one of the five senior managers of, the, of this huge uh, nonprofit. And um, so God really worked that out. I yeah. became the director of volunteers there. Um, but because of that temp job, I ran into someone <laughs> who's a series of little miracles. Oh, my yeah, gosh, uh, I could talk forever. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. This is perfect. Makes um, my job
0: easy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm like, I better stop, though. No, no, <laughs> Maybe no. you want to talk. <laughs> no, no. I'll get in there if I need to. <laughs> okay, okay. <clears throat> so, series of little miracles again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um I, I take a production class because this woman I, uh, uh, I ran into. So I ran into this woman mm-hmm. <laughs> at the homeless shelter and she was like, come and volunteer on my show be- with your TV background. I was like, okay, cool. Um, and so she was like, but first you have to take a TV production class. So I took the production class and the person who was teaching was not supposed to be teaching. Um, the person who normally taught that class was in England proposing to his girlfriend. Yeah. Um, so there was a substitute, and um, the substitute was hilarious. He was making all kinds of TV jokes, and I understood the TV jokes because I was in TV. Um, but all the other people in the class didn't know anything about TV. So I'd be laughing hysterically at his TV <laughs> jokes, <laughs> and they would be looking at me like I was crazy. But um, but we became friends. And um, um, I created a show called On Camera with Tammy Kimball at the time, <laughs> and, and he directed it, and we became friends. And one day he said, I always wanted to do um, a TV newscast for the Pasadena area. Um, and I was like, well, I have a local TV news background, so let's do it. So we created uh, Crown City Network. We started it out as Crown City News at the time. And um, then as we were working on Crown City News, he had had a girlfriend, I had had a boyfriend. Um, I had broken up with my boyfriend. He broke up with his girlfriend. And as we were working on Crown City News together, Damn. one day it was like <laughs> the heavens opened up. It was like, oh, we're supposed to be together. <laughs> we fell in love. That was my husband. <laughs> oh, so, Awesome. Yeah, God had him as a substitute huh, um, for teacher for that, you know, and we connected and wow. yeah, little miracle, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: And and so I feel like he brought me to Southern California so I didn't get my family and also to start a network. Okay, it's news yeah. at the time and then into yeah. network. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And um, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, we did not intend for it to be this training ground, but it ended up being this amazing training ground. Yeah. So people would just find us. Um, and also the, the TV stations downtown um, LA knew about us, they heard about us, yeah. and they would send their interns to us after the interns were done, mm-hmm. because the interns would be like, okay, now what do I do with yeah. all this uh, internship, that, uh, but I have, but I don't have any hands-on experience. Yeah. They'd be like, go to Crown City News. They will give you hands-on experience that you need. So what did you do with Crown City, maybe? Yeah. Well, um, it was news and yeah. so once a week we would um, do the news and we'd run it uh, through that public access station in Pasadena which mm-hmm. was a state of the art public access station by the way. Really? Like most most public access stations you're like okay <laughs> but this one was it was together mm-hmm. and they had good equipment they would go live, they did live shows so I did my show live but wow. I would put a lot of prep work into it because I had all that experience with yeah. TV news mm-hmm. and so it looked very professional and mm-hmm. um, and I knew because people in City Hall would be watching it you know and they would tell me they were watching it wow. and um, and I was fearless right so mm-hmm. I would just go up to anybody and interview them yeah. about anything you mm-hmm. know so I would go up to the mayor and be like okay Mayor, let's talk about this wow. and, um, and things like that and so that but then people would find us um, mm-hmm. to get training and I would just train them with everything that I knew mm-hmm. and hubby would help them with the yeah. um, tech stuff mm-hmm. and we we launched many many people into their dream TV Careers through yeah. Cronston. You said it was Newsden Network. What was Yeah. So, um, oh, so many amazing things happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, One of the things that happened was that um, because of the news training that we were doing, I was asked to move to Mongolia. So me and Hubby, and we had Bo at the time, Mm -hmm. he was five, moved to Mongolia and we did training um, there where where I would train um, the news staff. I really restructured the news division of the largest commercial broadcast TV station in Mongolia. And um, Hubby was um, uh, doing engineering and he would train the mongolians how to do um how to maintain the equipment and so um we we lived there and it was just an amazing experience it was one of the hardest things we ever did but it was also um amazingly fulfilling and rewarding and when we came back from mongolia um, I was asked to create a morning show for the TV station, and so um, I did. CCN Sunrise, Crown City News Sunrise, <laughs> CCN Sunrise, and um, it was amazing. And we did so many episodes. Uh, built a set, wow. uh, this huge set, mm-hmm. um, and it was just, it was just amazing. It was yeah. all God. We had no money. We yeah. had, you know, uh, uh, no no real seed money. Um, somebody had invested a little bit in us, um, mm-hmm. but that went so fast but we did a lot with very little and um, um, after a while though um, that relationship went away Mm -hmm. and we ended up um, creating our own studio on the campus of uh, of a trade school um, just outside of uh, the pasadena area so in west covina and there um, it it turned into crown city network and it became network because Um, We were creating shows for other people so people would come so hubby was working full-time at the TV station now and that kind of helped us um, kind of Stay financially stable to be able to pay the rent and eat and all of that Uh because the TV studio wasn't always making money it was kind of feast or famine and um, so uh, it became network because people uh, wanted their own shows and okay. I would talk to them and help them create their own TV shows wow. where they were the host. So I would train them to be the host mm-hmm. and then um, they would come to the studio and we'd shoot the show and then I would um, also distribute the show for them mm-hmm. on, on broadcast. Yeah. And so our show and their shows would reach 18 million viewers in seven Southern California counties. And um, so that was huge That's to be able successful. to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 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 and so, but it was, it was tough. It was tough there, yeah, but bet. it was so worthwhile. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons it was tough was because I was always networking, just trying to meet people and, yeah. and get money and blow up the net, the network into something bigger, right? Um, to help even more people. And, um, I got a lot of no's, lots of rejections and, Um, Now, today, as I sit here, I'm grateful that God um, allowed those no's Hmm. because I believe that some of those relationships would have turned out to be very, very, very bad for me and my family if they would have been yeses. Wow. So God wanted something else for me, a yeah. different path for for me and my family. Mm-hmm. And so he brought us to um, Colorado Springs. <laughs> yeah. So what
0: happened to the Crown Network? Did you sell it? Did you... Um,
1: so Crown City News, the oh, network News. has been, yeah, Crown City Network, mm-hmm. um, we, we had the show, we kept all the shows, Crown City News, mm-hmm. CCM Sunrise, created other shows. Um, um, it's, it's been sunsetted. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I feel like God has a new adventure okay. um, for us. But I believe it is still mm-hmm. in this network arena. Yeah. I feel like um, um, God brought us here, and uh, um, for me to work at this ministry. And I feel like at this ministry, I've been able to just have um, mm-hmm. amazing training. Yeah. Um, I've learned so much. And it's just been a humbling experience yeah. um, to be around these um, so many God-fearing people who love the Lord yeah. and love the ministry that they're doing. Um, at the same time, my heart burns to have something for Christians. I feel like um, the the content mm-hmm. on in the television news yeah. in entertainment and movies is just satanic it's demonic yeah. it's hurting people mm-hmm. and it's definitely hurting our children yeah. um, and I you know I can see that even even in my own household mm-hmm. and I'm like people we should not be watching this. Mm -hmm. It is damaging us and it's damaging our souls. And I feel like we can do so much better. So we need to have outlets where we as Christians can receive entertainment, can receive um, um, nourishment and information and help when uh, there are problems, and so um, God has burned so many shows into my brain. Like, and I, you know, I've shot a lot, of, a lot of those things. Um, I've, I've, I have scripts for some of them. Um, um, I've shot pilots yeah. <laughs> for some of those shows, and all of that. But I think one of the things that we fail at as Christians is working together um, um, to do projects like this. I think that there are Christians who feel like, oh, that's frivolous and trivial and it's media and we don't need to necessarily invest in that. I would like to challenge that thought process and say we need our own outlets where we can help each other and that points to Jesus Christ. because. He is our salvation. Mm-hmm. That is the, he is the only way. We have true peace yeah. <laughs> and um, true wow. love. We learn about mm-hmm. true love for one another. Yeah. yeah. And instead of poisoning our brains mm-hmm. with the demonic stuff that's being um, kind of force-fed us mm-hmm. in the news and entertainment worlds, yeah. and we need to change it. That's awesome. So what, what is the
0: uh, timeline from when you sunsetted Crown Network? Crown City Network, Network uh-huh. to come in here.
1: Uh, so it was 2019. Okay. So um, to, to now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so 2019. Um, before then, you know, I would pray. I'd be like, God, this is hard. Um, um. We're feast or famine and some days we've got a great project and we've got money and we can pay some of our bills Finally and um, get caught up and things like that and other times It was just such a hard financial struggle yeah. and there would be times where we would pay the rent We paid the lights there were times that the lights went out and um, that was so hard and it was tough on our marriage It was tough um, on the family and um, Um, And it was just, there were times that we literally had to decide after paying our rent and paying for the lights, like, do we get medication for our little seven-year-old who has severe eczema and food allergies, Um, um, you know, the second son. Um, the first one also had severe food allergies and eczema, but he was growing out of it. But the, our second son, Benjamin, oh my goodness, he got it so bad, and he had to be hospitalized. So we, um, and some of the medication, like when you added it all together, it'd be like two thousand dollars or some crazy number, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like we had to decide, uh, you know, do we get f- some? Um, do we get food or do we get um, nice. this little bit of medication for yeah. Benjamin, right? Wow. Um, but God always provided for us. He's such a good God. Mm-hmm. He always took care of us, you know. Yeah. Um, we, we, would, we were fed, you know. Yeah, it might be awesome. rice and beans at times, but we were fed. <laughs> yes. And there was like a food bank nearby that we could walk to. Sometimes I didn't have um, money for gas for the car, you know. Um, and, and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. things got really hard financially in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, I'd be like, God, you know, what should I be doing? What should my family be doing? And God would be like, Hang in there. <laughs> I still want you doing Crown City Network. I'd be like, Okay, I'll be obedient when mm-hmm. we say it. But um, but He put it on my heart to really start job searching, and that's what I did. And it would be, it was like, hold, 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 hold. <laughs> go <laughs> And so yeah. Yeah. Um, I was able to um, find a, a job opening at a big ministry here yeah. in Colorado uh, springs and um and it moved. I knew it was of God because again, series of little miracles, yeah. it moved so fast. Mm-hmm. On my birthday, I got the call um, that they wanted to hire me wow. um, and um, and it was in media. <laughs> and so that was really great. And so it happened very quickly That's in 2019. Awesome. To, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, now um, I, I make videos, which is really great, yeah. which is really fun. <laughs> yeah. and. Um, um, and just God That's is awesome. really good. So, so 2019 yeah. to mm-hmm. 2022. Okay,
0: so now as you, with that, this big vision of mm-hmm. having your version of Pure because <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, where are you in that stage? Of Are you just still in the dreaming and planning stage?
1: I'm in the dreaming and planning stage mm-hmm. still, but it goes beyond dreaming um, because I have the The background, the experience to back it up. Mm -hmm. I believe that whatever you're doing, God is training you for whatever he wants you to do. Mm -hmm. And um, so he trained me for many years in Hollywood, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, making shows, figuring out how to create shows, Mm -hmm. using whatever uh, (laughs) means I could, whatever equipment um, I could find and and that kind of thing. And he was so good. Um, He gave me international training with TV and news. Um, Mm -hmm. He gave me the Opportunity to train others. Mm-hmm. Um, so even now, I train people, but on a much larger scale than mm-hmm. I did before. Yeah. Um, I consult for TV stations, mm-hmm. and um, they hire me to train their on-camera TV news staff. Wow! Um, and one of one of the um, uh, I, I won't name who it is, but um, a really big um, uh, TV network that's affiliated with a really big uh, newspaper outlet <laughs> yeah. that, a lo- that a lot of our um, conservatives and Christians mm-hmm. um, really flock to, has hired me, and I've been working for, for a little while as a consultant mm-hmm. to train um, all of their on-camera talent, And wow. so, um, uh, especially the new incoming yeah. talent. So mm-hmm. I'm one of the trainers. I won't say I'm the only one who the trains The trainer. So I'm, <laughs> I won't say I'm not the trainer, <laughs> but um, but they, yeah. they do, um, uh, hire me. And even this morning Mm -hmm. I had a uh, virtual training with with one of their um, Mm -hmm. people. So so God is really good. So there's a lot of experience and knowledge that God has um, allowed me to receive Mm -hmm. in the media industry. He's helped me create shows. Um, so I know how to do that. Yeah. Um, I know how to get talent together like that to be able to put a show together. Mm-hmm. I can do it in my sleep, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and somebody somebody once said, Tammy, your superpower is getting people together. And I'm like, to God be the glory. That is mm-hmm. from God. You yeah. know, he um, has always from this little girl in a mud hut, right, yeah. Yeah. who was um, who had the fire in me to be able to go and mm-hmm. talk to these scary white people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to even to where um, I can go and talk to anybody and just kind of share the vision that God has given me and Mm -hmm. they get it and they understand and so I think it's um, uh, no one should think of it as kind of a pie-in-the-sky thing Mm -hmm. it can happen because there is solid um, experience Mm -hmm. behind it but I just want Christians to wake up and be like is dangerous is dangerous, yeah. and um, we need a different version of that that is is clean, um, but still has that high high broadcast quality, mm-hmm. um, with the acting, with um, the news delivery, um, with the equipment, and all of that. Yeah, that's what that's we need. True.
0: So, maybe we'll sell you our movie that we're working on. Hey,
1: let's talk. Right, let's talk. I'll have my people call your people. Definitely.
0: Thank you, though, Tammy. This has been. I don't even know how long this was. The story is so captivating. And I'm
1: sorry, I talked the whole time.
0: It's your story. I'm just facilitating your story.
1: Thank you. So,
0: thank you for coming and honestly just giving us your time because, as we've heard, you're a very busy woman. I just appreciate you.
1: It's worthwhile. Thank you.
0: So, remember, everybody, we all have a story. What's your story? Goodbye.